0: Listener Production.
1: Okay, are you recording?
0: G'day and welcome along to episode 19 of the Howie Games. Great to have you on board as always. Hope you're on holidays somewhere in the world and absolutely loving life as our Big Bash specials continue. Currently sitting at the MCG, the Melbourne Cricket Ground, and it's raining in the Test Match, so any background noise you may hear is a rather frustrated crowd. This week, a former woodchopper from the Latrobe Valley in Victoria, the great man Peter Siddle. Sids has taken over 200 Test wickets, and he's one of those fellas that you fear will bowl until he physically can bowl no more. Captains absolutely love him. In this episode of the Howie Games, Peter talks about his path to the top, how tough Test cricket really is, dealing with criticism, and how a vegan approach has changed his entire life. Here's to Peter Siddle playing plenty more cricket for Australia. Enjoy. Oh my Jaja, tell me why, won't they open up their eyes? They could help out if they try, try, try. If they would try, try, try. Well, a bit of a treat today on the Howie Games. We welcome a man that has played 61 tests for Australia, taken over 200 wickets, and looks fit as ever at the moment, Pete Sittle. Pete, welcome to the Howie Games. No worries, Howie. Thanks for having me on. Well, great. We were just chatting about podcasts and. Uh, the fact you spend a bit of time in airplanes and airports and on the road you, and you've started listening to podcasts yourself a bit lately mainly sort of music based
1: yeah no yeah i think yeah being a, probably a younger generation um you sort of you get on the you get on the bandwagon you hear all the, the podcasts and stuff but yeah i usually use it a lot for music in the gym training um and obviously yeah, air travel and buses and that kind of thing but um yeah i listen to the odd uh, the odd speakers and stuff like that as well i think it's just a like you said, is it, it's an easy way to to listen to other people and yeah. um and, and get information for yourself, or? Yeah, learn new things or tactics. There's
0: loads of things that you can learn from. Them. Well, now you'll be able to listen to the Howie games when you? you're just travelling around the world, taking bags of wickets, which but, is the way to go. That's
1: right. we will always we'll straight on to it now. <laughs> listen to the other
0: boys. I'll be good to go. That's it. Now, mate. As I said, great, great to have you here. You won't realise it, but we sort of grew up in a similar part of the world. Um, you're a you're a Marvel boy, and I spent my high school years in Tires, not down, not far yeah, down not far the far road, playing all. for the old Ttu yeah, down there. Yeah. You yeah. would have been a Morwell boy. But tell me, did, were you? Were you uh, I think you were born in. Uh, Tralgon which yeah. is probably Tralgon Hospital, probably the yeah. same hospital as my sister so you grew up in More? Yeah, so More was um yeah, it was, it was been my
1: um, home pretty much till I was 18. Um yeah, but yeah, Turalgan, that's pretty much the main hospital back then where you're born so yep. Obviously, I was a Moral boy, but you're always back there. It's a little bit of, a bit of friction between Moral Trelgan, the big <laughs> the big rivalry. <laughs> that's, that's right. That's, the um, Moral
0: Tigers and the Trelgan tari- Rose. Yeah, that's right. So there's
1: always been that big rivalry. So yeah, there, there's always a bit of a fight about, yeah, yeah he's not from Trelgan, <laughs> but it's just where you're born. <laughs> he's like, our Moral boy. Yeah, when you actually, yeah, yeah, people ask where you're born, you, well, you say Trelgan because it was a Trelgan Hospital, but <laughs> yeah, right. I was a Moral boy. Um, family lived out in Glengarry, another Glengarry. small town for the first Couple of years I was born, but I was only a little youngster. Now that of, is near Tires. It is, is, yeah. A really small town we're talking about. Very now. Very small out there. So that's where my dad sort of um, uh, spent a lot of his time when he was growing up. Um, so yeah, I was for the first eighteen months. So I don't remember any of it, but yep. that's where I was. And then yeah, the family moved into. Into Morwell, and and that's where we um that's where we made home, and yeah, mum and dad's still living in the same house and um oh, back so there. So what did you folks do when you were growing um, up? Um yeah, so yeah, so um dad worked up the bush. Yeah, he's he's been up in um, working up the um the bush in forestry. So he's pretty much done that for a fair chunk of his life. Um worked at the at the local sand pit for a little bit, which um was pretty funny now that um yeah that I end up playing on the MCG. This is jumping ahead a bit, but yeah, he um at one stage when they redid the MCG years and years ago, and yeah. They obviously have to get saw sand from all around the different areas around Victoria that they, they um they actually some of their some of their sand got Did put they? in there. So <laughs> that's Dad's little story about um, where I play now. <laughs> but no, nah, so yeah, they're still back home. Um, Mum's job was yeah to look after us and um and yeah, myself and I have got a younger brother a couple of years um younger than me and. Right. Um, yeah, it was pretty much Growing up down there I was country kid As you'd know It's just it's, it's all about sport Yeah, that's, it was that's, that's what I did Yeah, it's You sort of You know, cricket um, During the summer Winter was football And um in between was basketball all year round, so it's
0: funny there was no options then, was it? It wasn't like you'd be playing soccer. Obviously, the Marvel Falcons became yeah. really big in your time up there. But yeah. it, it, that's such a big thing of the country, isn't it? You grow up pretty quick because as a young bloke, and we're probably jumping ahead, but you end up facing uh, the men when you're playing cricket in the nets early doors. I don't think it happens so much like that in the city, does it?
1: No, nah, it doesn't. And I think that's what I learnt. Um Growing up Yeah yeah that You do You're just You're just challenging yourself Sometimes juniors You mightn't have enough numbers So you just Naturally you train them With the older guys um, Whether it's the older Junior teams Or even the Even the men sometimes Mm. And I think yeah, you, you you learn very quickly, and I think you get that maturity very quickly, um, in and it's probably co- helps your competitiveness as well. Um, yeah, coming up against those guys when you are at such yeah. a young age. Um, but yeah, no, I loved it. I think um, that's what I did enjoy is um, like hearing the story from some of my city mates over the years that I've um, trained and played with and grown up with. That they might have been they They had they one sport. They played cricket during the winter. Their their dad or um you know, friend or they'd be with their mates they'd go to the indoor cricket um, nets and they'd feed each other balls on the bowling machine stuff like that whereas when I was a youngster I didn't really care about cricket during the winter it was, I played football Uh, that's what I did Soon as that was done, that I started training footy. for cricket, and then I'd get into
0: it. So like and it you always... had that you had that transition period too. If you if you're playing footy finals, but the cricket coach said, mate, you got to be training, yeah. but we're still playing footy. That's
1: right. <laughs> that was the, that was always the big battle. Probably yeah. the biggest battle you have as a young kid back home. <laughs> Everything else was easy. You know, your parents would help you out and support you, and you didn't have to worry about anything. You go to school. It was easy done. That That's was our, that was our biggest yeah. uh, our biggest um, <laughs> challenge. I reckon was, yeah, trying to trying to tell the coach that, um, hey mate, um, I can't come to training yet. I'm, I'm probably not going to train before that first game. I've got footy finals, mate. That's so exactly right.
0: I'll, I'll see I'll see you when I'm done. <laughs> so, um, what, what's your first memory of playing cricket? Uh,
1: I think in the backyard. Um, yeah, cricket was actually out of the three main sports I played was the last one that I, I started playing in a team in a team environment. Uh, I. Um, yeah, played, started footy when I was yeah, well under 10s, probably 8 or 9. Playing for... Um, little Maul Tigers. So, oh. yeah, I was, I was actually, yeah, my junior footy was always Maul Tigers from, yeah, like 8-year-old till I stopped playing when I was 17. So, um, throughout those years. Um, so, yeah, started there. Um, started basketball around the same age. I was probably about 9 or 10. Um, but, yeah, uh, cricket was more just backyard, I think. Um, backyard with daddy out the back, boxing day, test time, summer, um, around at mates houses and, and a lot at school and uh, yeah get the old taped up tennis yeah, ball yeah plenty, plenty of the taped up tennis you, much you, fun you, you is tape that? it up and you, you get the right one so you can swing it around <laughs> that's and, right um, and obviously, obviously having the younger brother there'd be always the blues because I'd tape it up and I'd try and hit him and he, he was obviously. You well, used to
0: leave a fair old mark. Oh, they do. Yeah, they, they
1: bruise just as much <laughs> as, you,
0: the, as the um, as the cricket ball these <laughs> you days. You'd go down to the hardware shop and you'd get your six rails of uh, yeah. insulation tape that'd keep you going for the weekend.
1: it would have loaded up. You bowl a bit on the concrete, then the concrete'd rip it up. So you have to <laughs> you have to retape. But um, yeah, so it was sort of yeah. It was more. I must have been probably around the grade five time. Grade six, I was about yeah, what, what eleven or twelve, whatever that is. Yeah, and we're playing a lot at, at primary school and. It was then that yeah, a group of us. There's probably about five of us. Were like, oh, yeah, let's let's uh, we'll join a team, like a local team. And um, so yeah, we sort of yeah, we all just went down to the same team and yeah, Latrobe Cricket Club back back in Moorwell and um, yeah, joined there and and that's where it all started. I think that's where my love for yeah actually starting. You're in a, you're in a proper competitive team now. You're not just out in the mm. out in the backyard or in the in the schoolyard and yeah, you get to go and you go and play some games and play against opposition and. And then where where it actually counts, like yeah, it matters if you get out, and it, it's yeah. um, exciting when you you go get a milestone, you make it make it retire, or you get a few wickets. So, um yeah, it was about eleven or twelve when um when I yeah joined my first uh cricket
0: cricket side. And was that playing on? Because in that part of the world when I was playing, we used to play Friday night and then Saturday morning. And then if you got to run in the seniors, you'd play Saturday afternoon. Yeah, it was a big campaign.
1: It was, it was. And I think that was, that was a big challenge. Obviously, you start when you're 11 or 12. It's mainly just a yeah, Friday night, Saturday morning. Under 14s it would have been. And, um, yeah, and then you sort of start to um, – you're like, oh, yeah, I'm going okay. And, yeah, the seniors is a little bit short. So once you get a little bit older, yeah, you're, starting, oh, oh, you're always lurking around to fill in or <laughs> – yeah, I think it started off they they just chucky on the field. So some one of the old blokes would be uh could may have made a few runs. He's like, oh, I can't go out in field now, so you end up just forty two yeah, degrees. You end up just running around chasing chasing ball all day. Um, but I think that's that's where you get your love, and um, I think that was always the good thing, and I love doing it. Um, is that yeah you had that opportunity to, to play up. I think every sport that if I had the opportunity to play the next level it would be you've already played a hard game but yeah I'll go play the seniors I'll fill in or in footy if it was I'd play under under 18s I'll play in the reserves just mm. to fill in like all those types of things and I think um, those opportunities definitely helped me develop as a sportsman because it made me play against men it made me play against tougher, tougher guys it made me play against yeah blokes that were they were filled out, you know, like they, they were competitive. They could throw it hard. They could bowl fast. They could you know, sledge. They could sledge. Don't worry about beer, that.
0: All those and, things. Um,
1: and they were strong. And I think that's that's what I see. And I've seen a lot over the years in, in a lot of sports um, that, yeah, country kids, it's a, I think it's a massive, um, a massive advantage that, um, and you see why they're so successful in their chosen um, professions, that they do do well, is that, yeah, that challenge and competitiveness um, with older men, Older older um, boys um, just does does make them harder. It does make it, it hardens you up quick because yeah, you work. get hurt. You can't just lay on the ground. You learn to get up quick and um, and get back at it and um, keep competing. Do you
0: remember or what's the first wicket you remember taking in competitive cricket? It might not be your first wicket, but what's the first scalp you remember picking up?
1: Uh, I, don't really, I don't really remember too much. I just remember more of the fun stuff playing for my mates, more about the junior days,
0: I and think. Were you, um,
1: a, were you a bowler then? No, nah, I, I was pretty much an all-rounder. Like okay. I think like everyone, when you you start off, you sort of, you bat your bowl, you do a bit of keeping. So my brother was, he was a bit shorter, so he kept a lot. The little um, folks, you're, yeah. you're the keeper. Yeah, and, and it was, and, and he was a good keeper. He was, he, was, he, was, he was very skillful. so yeah, he was the keeper. And I think that um, in junior stuff, when I know it's his turn to bowl, that being his brother, I'd just take over the gloves, so I'd go in and have a keep, but... I think I was yeah I was I was more an all rounder probably up until, yeah up until probably six, under 16s. I so sort of that's when I started travelling down down to Melbourne to play in the in the like the Darling Shield as it was called back then. Now it's different names, but it's it's all the same competitions. And that um, yeah, I was, uh, first year I got picked as a, as an all rounder batting at sort of four five, bowl first second change and yeah did okay nothing great. Um, and then it was the next year same sort of thing picked the same but. Um, I yeah, wasn't really making any runs and opened the bowling one day took a few wickets and yeah the sort of role sort of changed a little bit I just ended up batting at 6 or 7 and um, bowling a lot more um, and then uh, yeah sort of got picked in the uh, in the Vic under 17s
0: um, and um can you remember yeah. the excitement when because you would have gone to trials do you remember the excitement oh. when they said Pete you're in the squad yeah mate those were some of them I still think of those days now
1: they're, they're some of the most nerve-wracking times yeah. that I've ever I've ever had cuz all um I played all, all, all competitive sp- um with footy and um and basketball like I tried out for all the teams Victorian underage stuff and all that stuff so I'd always done a lot of it um and um, I was always, yeah, always pretty confident that, I, that I'd do all right, and I, and, I, and I did do all right. But um, yeah, you sort of—I think back at it now, and I think, oh, it's nerve-wracking now, waiting for the phone call. I just think when you're a young kid, all you want to do is like you just want to play, you just want to represent the team, and all that type of thing. And yeah, getting those, getting those words, you know, that yeah, yeah, you're, you're in, you're in. You're just like, oh, how cool! But um, so yeah, they're like they're they're great, they're great, great moments, and I think. Um, you cherish those those times because that's what you that's what you train that's what you do all the work for at a young kid you're just doing it because you love it and you love the sport but then you realize that yeah you're doing it because that's that's your profession that's that's what you do and um and you've worked hard to get there so it's it is even before you play the game that's like a slight little reward already that absolutely you know that hard work i've done i've been selected um so you can yeah you can cheer in that and then you're like okay yeah let's, let's switch on now it's Let's go out and
0: compete, the and real work um, and, and get into it. But what what um, was happening at school at this stage? If you didn't become uh, a two hundred plus test wicket taker, what what were you doing?
1: Um, I think as a young kid, it's uh, everyone knows it's always hard. You never really know what you want to do. No. And I think I think as I was growing up, I went through different stages of what I wanted to do, what I wanted to be, and um, probably uh, at school I was I was a very a very good student, probably. More so in my early years, so sort of up up till year ten, I was yeah I, I loved school. I was, I was like I, I was very intelligent and I was I was really dedicated. But I think um, sort of got to eleven or twelve, which is um, obviously you would get around sixteen. Um, I'd made that decision at that time that at sixteen I instead of going straight in senior cricket back home, that I'd start playing senior cricket in Melbourne. So yeah. my parents obviously made the commitment and dedicated a lot of time to. Um, you know those hours are driving me down but so I was, for those
0: that don't know that's from two hours yeah, each way yeah, isn't it, it's a yeah. four hour routine so trip so I was
1: doing that um, yeah, two, three, four times a week um, oh, I was doing it, I was sitting in the passenger seat sleeping but um, yeah, mum and dad like dedicated that time to, to get me down and, um, um, and yeah so I started playing senior cricket in Melbourne at 16 so I've sort of finished year 10 I'm going well at school, I'm thinking you know like I think because I love sport physio was maybe an option, you sort of think of that but I love sort of um, design and stuff, so architecture and, and along those lines um, at, at 16. But yeah, and then cricket starts going all right and um, th- yeah, that year, that's, that's the year I got in the under-17 team and I'm doing okay and so I think over those two years, I look back now that um, I'd like to say that even though I've done well at my spot, I probably would have liked to have worked a bit harder at school, which I know um, kids probably hear it a lot, but mm. I think um, it's not until you grow up that you realise... I probably could have put in a bit more time and, and, and done a little bit better than I did um, back then. Um, obviously, it's paid off for me to this date. Um, but, yeah, so I sort of, I think over those years, my focus changed a lot from, obviously, school was a big thing earlier on, but where cricket was starting to heat up, I was and I was doing well. I was playing, um, started at I started in the thirds, played a couple of games, and... Um, uh, then went up to the seconds, played a couple more games, and just before once I got picked for the seventeens, they gave me an opportunity to play in the first. Played a couple of games, but then left for seventeens, and yeah, and uh, you have the Christmas break and stuff like that. Um, went to seventeens and did really well as a bowler, and I think it was probably from that year where at sixteen, sort of seventeen, where my yeah my my bowling just it just I don't know, but mine just ticked over that. Um, yeah, that just started to progress a lot quicker. Sure yeah then then my batting um so the batting yeah it was just one of those things that it sort of got left behind a little bit um and that bowling became natural for me i, I developed into a yeah in, into a good bowler um and the batting sort of lagged behind so i think yeah after that sort of 17s carnival um i took a few wickets um, went back to Nong, performed pretty well in the first 11 and um yeah pretty from that day on that. um that's probably when I realized that, yeah, bowling's probably that's going to be that's going to be my uh, my skill in in the game of cricket. So that's what I've got to perfect. and um from from then on it um I was all look looking at that, but um the school point of view, I don't know. I think yeah, by the time I finished, um, probably a teacher, I think in the okay. end, I probably would have yeah yep. been, been gone into teaching and um always love um working with kids I, I love working with them I've done obviously a lot with cricket um side of things coaching and stuff like that and I enjoy that side of it so I think um yeah PE yeah PE PE teacher in primary school probably would have been more me yep. um I did a bit of work experience at a um at a primary school, a friend's um, a friend's mum was the principal, so she gave me an opportunity to do a few weeks' um, work experience just before I was sort of starting to make the Australia. Just before I made the Australian side, and uh, to see if, if that's the path I wanted to take. Um, yeah, and then uh, yeah, end up getting picked for Australia, and then the only nec- one choice the next, to make. Isn't the <laughs> next, the, the next, sort of six, seven, uh, eight years have been. Um, a lot of travel and and not a lot of time at home. So, um, but yeah, I I, I do enjoy um, um, coaching young kids and just watching them learn and progress.
0: There's various legends about you, Sid, that we'll discuss during the <laughs> Howie Games. One of them, uh, I don't know if it was Peter Roebuck came up with it, the late Peter Roebuck, who used to write about the Australian attack as a group and he'd call you the Leather Flingers, I think was the term he'd used. And, and he loved the country blokes and he loved the backstory behind it and he always used to refer to you as the woodchopper from Victoria. Now, is there <laughs> any, Because I think it's sort of the, the old tools or someone's yeah, from yeah. up the sort of mobile yeah, way, yeah, the yeah. old world of sport blokes. Is there any truth that you used to... Or is that is that one of those rumours that starts with very little fact? No, <laughs> now nah,
1: there, nah, there is truth to it, is it? Yeah, but at a really young age, I was. It's just yeah, my family. Or, or I've always grown up in the country. They've grown up in the country. Um, so yeah, my, my, my dad did, did it for a long time. Doesn't do it anymore, but did it for a long time. His dad, his uncles. Um, yeah, all those people. Yes, the Tools were very big, um, and still are very big in the in the. Um, the world of wood chopping. So, so did you
0: have the whites on on the old Dunlop lollys? Yeah, Lollies?
1: yeah, oh, <laughs> yeah, 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 did all that. And it was, I think it was around probably ten or eleven that I, um, yeah, that I competed um, over those years. Not at, when you mean compete. It's not every weekend you're doing the, it. You, you, you show, go to the shows, yeah, yep. the local shows, and fantastic. Go yeah. to Melbourne show with the family. I remember, yeah, getting the car going to Adelaide show. You got the Sydney show, so stuff like that, um, and watching Dad compete. Um, so as a young kid, you you, you do what your dad does, you know, he played a bit of footy, so he'd play footy, and he did wood chopping. So yeah, I did it for a little bit. I sort of was like it, loving my sport at that stage. And I thought that oh, when you're doing the underhand, which is the one where you stand on the stand on the wood and you and you and you chop down very close to your toes in the Dunlop volley. Yeah, in the in the Dunlop volley, no steel caps there. That's just <laughs> that's just a, that's just an average trainer, um, average white trainer. It usually was the Dunlop volley, and um. That uh, if I chopped off one of my toes, and the big toe was the one that was always nearby, that um, I'm probably going to struggle um, with my balance to start with, and I'm probably going to struggle to play um, football and basketball and cricket, and I'm, I'm going to struggle to run around and stuff like that. So, I think at a very early age, I yeah, I um. I gave that up and um, I think that's but a, yeah well, I I, I, did, I did compete in a couple of thing uh, a couple of events and stuff and I enjoyed it I enjoyed it while I did it so I think um there's a few photos floating around as a young kid stand, uh, standing there and competing and stuff and um you know you, how there's always something that the journalists want to try and get out of what, where, where your background um so even when I did a few things when I first started playing Victoria and stuff like that that you, you do a little photo shoot for MX paper that it, you know had me holding a cricket bat um, up against the tree, like I was like wood chopping. So like it's stuff like that, and I think it just yeah things stick, and that sort of stuck with stuck with me for a little while until um I think until yeah they got out that I didn't do it for many years that uh, <laughs> I actually did compete, but it's um yeah, it's it's a lot in the past, but yeah that is like you said they're just some little memories that you remember and then you can remember doing as a young kid and. Yep. Um. Yeah, following around your dad and, and watching him do it, and
0: well, I think you made jump the right, on there. I think you made the right choice. <laughs> a fella I work with a lot. There was a, a motorcyclist, Daryl Beatty. He lost yeah. all five toes uh, in a chain yep. in Le Mans in France when he came off his bike, and still to this day he spews that he can't wear thongs. <laughs>
1: <laughs> he doesn't have the toes. Yeah, which we know. Which if, if you're walking around with you, that's one of your favourites. Exactly that's one of your favourites. It is. He probably feels a bit um, a bit uncomfortable well, walking it, around with his
0: mate. I've that's seen, always in thongs. I've seen him at a summer barbecue. Get out a thong and literally gaffer it to his foot because his thongs. Go. So I think good man. I think you've made the right decision. So things are going well for for Dan. You know How how do you first get a game and where do you first get a game for the the Big V for Victoria?
1: Yeah. So yeah, that was sort of the first year. Um, with Danny Nong, yeah, obviously played the junior stuff at under sixteens with him in the Darling Shield, and then, yeah, moved in as that's where I wanted to play senior cricket. Um, went down, made the move down at sixteen, like I said, and um, obviously they, they back in the country. They're like, oh, you know, you might play in the thirds and all that, and you might sit there for a while. It could be a waste of time. We can be playing A grade back home, but I'm like, I've always been, I've always wanted to play. Same thing of playing up that I wonder Like, why, why wait around when I can, ch- I can get there quicker. And I think it's about they getting there quicker. And the quickest way for me to get to my dream, playing for Australia, is get to Melbourne.
0: And that was a dream at this stage. Yeah, as, a as, as a young kid,
1: old? as a young kid, it was. Um, yeah, as a young kid, it was obviously play footy and and play, and play cricket. Play AFL, play um, uh, cricket for Australia, wear the baggy green. And I think it. Yeah, it was. It was around that same time. I still I was still playing football, playing for more back home. Um, at 16, I played a couple of senior games for um, but I was still playing uh, cricket, spending a lot of time down here with the Victorian Institute of Sport, Danny Nong. So I was still training a lot as well. Um, and it was so after that first season, my initial season with Danny Nong, that I was 17. Then I finished the season, coming into footy season next year, going to play, and I sort of played half the half the, the probably about the first nine games. I think I played that year. Played all in the seniors. So I was still 17. So and, and going alright, enjoying it. Um but yeah i I'd got to be picked for a team to go to the AIS for cricket um, for a, a week long camp all the other um, players from around the um country selected in this side and I think it was around then that I remember coming back from there um, still playing a game that weekend for allll and I think yeah I just, I just yeah, I don't know I just had this feeling that yeah like I, I love footy um but yeah, I think the passion, knowing that if I played for Australia, like the goal was, if I played cricket, I can represent my country. Nothing against football, like they play, they do play their international rules, but it's not as big, no. inter- internationally. And I think, yeah, I just had that as a 17-year-old. It's just something that you just, yeah, I had this little dream that if I, I can play for my country here, I can represent Australia. And I think from that day on, that's yeah, I, I made the decision I stopped playing um, football. Um, like halfway through the year I just said no nah, I'm giving it up and I'm going to dedicate that preseason to cricket I'll, I'll make it make everything cricket um, so a, a big risk I had no idea if I was going to be any good or I could have still been playing footy you know and with my mates and stuff and but yeah I think from then on that' um I just de- dedicated everything to cricket um and I think that's that's when it's all started to yeah just move on a lot quicker I started to progress a lot quicker and develop and learn and I think um yeah those years now I'm very thankful spending probably spending more time with Danny Long in that pre-season as a young kid around the older guys um that had a lot of great players back then um, that um, yeah they could just show me the way and I so say by spending the pre-season there instead of rocking up later on in the year yeah. and not doing a lot of cricket training I could do a proper pre-season with with men and um, yeah pretty much I was playing I was playing first 11 cricket from then on um, and I did I, um, ever since so I think that's that's when cricket became number one and um, and thankful that I made that decision and, and dedicated to one thing because I reckon that's what progressed me so much quicker than just you know fiddling around with a few sports doing it because I enjoyed it but not really having a good crack at it um, and um, yeah that's uh, I think yeah it was a couple of years in I was doing all right and um, yeah always you know if I had the opportunity to go in be a net bowler um, for Victoria I, I'd take it up I'd go in there and bowl to yeah bowl to Matty Elliott um, bowl to Hodgie um, they, they were playing for Australia and stuff like that
0: And which would have been a wonderful thing it for him, was I'd like play.
1: that's yeah like I've, I've always looked up to sportsmen like I, I still remember um, like growing up as a young kid if um, young like I was young footy players would come down run clinics at, at school and stuff like that like I'd, I'd I'd nuff them out I'd be I'd want a photo I'd, even if to say hi and autograph and that kind of thing that's that's why when people sort of come up to me now and um, oh thanks for thanks for giving me the time like oh, I'm sorry for interrupting it's sort of like I don't I don't mind us it's, it's not really an interruption because I was that same little kid or I was that you know or I was getting mum to make sh- take me up and I- introduce me so it's only fair that um that I give my my time the same as the people
0: back then gave their time to me Ooh, which is great that you remember that because some athletes forget that <laughs> they do some athletes I, forget that I, a lot don't I've don't played get it for me a, lot wrong. Of, a lot of sports but don't worry about that yeah, yeah, yeah that's yeah, you true would've. Um. so you get the call up for Victoria do you get a phone call and, and who are you up against yeah. do you answer I, the phone
1: yeah a good, good little story Um. so I was obviously yeah I had a rookie contract with Victoria back when I started it was actually it's still pretty good money for compared to what the other guys got but as a rookie you still had to work and I trained as much as I could which is pretty much all the time because I was I didn't want to get a full time job that would restrict me from just being able to get there, so were so you we working at all? Yeah, so I was just labouring for friends. I literally have have mm. uh, I had a job with um, all the tools. Yeah, yeah, I had, a, I had my first little job when I moved down. I was lucky; I had friends um, that that I live with, and it just worked out that his uh, the the um, the bloke's brother owned a designer window company. Um, gave me the opportunity. Yeah, I could go and just help out, just labour for him, cutting pieces of wood, going out and helping him fit and stuff like that. So. Um, but he gave me the ch- chance that if I had to go and train or an, a, a play a game here or miss a day, that I could just get paid for when I work, which it sort of worked for me because I wanted to try and train mm. as much as I could. So um, the phone rings? Um, yeah, so that was the sort of first job. But then, and then I was actually... the Darren Pattinson was actually a roof tiler. So he, he Danny Nong teammate for England. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Danny Nong teammate. This is before he sort of played Victoria. He was my Danny Nong teammate. I've played all my career with him and his younger brother James, who now is. I've played loads of cricket with. Mm. He was only a little. He was only a little tacker then, but he was a, he was a roof tiler. So I could go and work for him spare time, and he'd just let me train whenever I want. I was actually up on the roof. We were you know, laying some tiles and. I'm like, oh, John McGuerta. He's like, he he knew the chairman of selectors was. Well. He's like, I oh, might answer it, answer it. So I down the ladder and get down and yeah, <laughs> answer the answer the call. And it was um yeah, it was leading up to, they were actually playing a shield game at the time in WA. Um, this is back in uh, what was it 2004. And um uh, they yeah the one day game was at the end of it. How they used to be play yep. the four day, play the one day at the end. And he's like, i uh, uh, mate uh, just giving you a call that uh, you've been selected for the um for the first one day game at the um this weekend um first game of the season so yeah just wanted to yeah congratulate you and um they'll be in contact with uh with um all your all your details but yeah i'll see you um see you in a couple of days so i was just like yeah you just pumped yeah and i think darren was like he'd stop working he's just watching me just trying to see my reaction and um yeah, he, he's like trying to get the thumbs up. Is it thumbs down? And yeah, he's got off the phone, and he and he was stoked for me, cause yeah, we, we, I'd played with him, yeah, since I started. So uh, we would spent a lot of time together, and um, so it was nice, yeah, to be with with a close friend. You get that first phone call, and and, and be able to t- and be able to tell him, and and then in a, in a few years um, after that, he was he was playing as well. He got his opportunity to play for Victoria. We played alongside each other for a little bit. Um, and then, like you said, yeah, he's they've they've got the English background because of his father. He he did um, went over to play county cricket for KNOTS, and first five games took a load of wickets. Oh, he's got a passport. How about we how about we pick him? So they picked him against <laughs> just, the Poms, do? <laughs> yeah, they, they they plucked him out of in his first season, plucked him out of um, yeah obscurity. Really, um, he was bowling well though, and yeah, he played the Test match against South Africa, and they uh, they didn't go too well. But he actually he had the best match figures out of the bowlers and. Um, but yeah, it was sort of hard for him because he hadn't played a lot in England, so he didn't really know any of the other guys. It wasn't like he had a friendship with anyone, so it was a bit hard for him to to fit in. But he bowled well; he did very well. And I, I can remember stories never, floating around yeah, that,
0: he, that they probably weren't that welcoming to yeah, him. In cause the team. He, yeah, because yeah, because obviously that. his
1: situation and stuff. And um, yeah, he he he, st- he still loved the opportunity and stuff. But yeah, his love was always to play. Yeah, play back home, played for Victoria, represented Victoria. And did very well. Um, And, yeah, so but no he did he, but he's happy he, he played test cricket he played um, for oh, he played for his dad's country so maybe not the country that he thought he would have maybe played for but test cricket. yeah he's test still cricket. yeah it's right he, he can say he's played test cricket and, and it's it's his dad's home
0: country so it's, he cherishes that a bit as well so it's going it's going is, is it a step up when you start playing shield cricket is it like wow I look at this level and I can never get to this level or I can't believe this batsman or I think I can do this maybe not immediately but I think I can do this
1: yeah I, I think it, it took me a bit of time. I think, yeah, I played that first one-day game. I, was, I went over to Perth. I rock up there, look at the team sheet. I'm like, um, yeah, it's a WA. There's no, no no Australian games on at the moment, so oh. okay, yep. Um, we've got Justin Langer opening the batting, and he's opening with Adam Gilchrist. Um, we've got Damien Martin at three. <laughs> we've got Mike Hussey at four. And then we've got two young guys that... Um, probably weren't as well known then but then uh, Marcus North and Adam Voges are the next are the next two batsmen so good luck. so you sort of I look back on that now and you think that's a massive like yeah um so yeah Damien Martin made 100 um I didn't get a wicket <laughs> but no i bowled okay but I think um yeah playing that game it was just uh, yeah just come up against those guys I think that I was just more in awe of that and um, I was a little bit not cocky, but I was a little bit. I just loved co- competition, and like I said about that step up playing against the bigger guys. I think, that's a step yeah, up. I went really hard, and um, yeah, Hus Huss still said to, to the day still goes. I, I remember that game. Yeah, you you're like you're having a bit of a goldish. You're getting <laughs> you're getting right into it and that. And I'm like, no, nah, no, I wasn't, was I? And he, yeah, I think you you had a good crack. <laughs> and and, and uh, he goes, that's I can see why. Yeah, where you are now, that. Um, that, uh, yeah, w- w- why you like that as a youngster, that you just yeah, you just love the competition. But and, that comes um, back to that being a
0: 15-year-old and facing the men uh, in Morwell, yeah, doesn't it? Yeah, and,
1: and I reckon it, it does. And uh, you see that with young kids, and I think um, I love that. That's that's the best competition. I think every time you'd step up, I remember, yeah, you'd go from under-18s to reserves or reserves to seniors, like, or first to second, like, all those different levels that I had a knack of, of being able to step up, and, like, that, that was... That was a competition in itself. That yeah, here you go. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm going to step up. I'm going to be able to compete with these guys, and I think um, that's always been yeah. My, what's what's sort of spurred me on is is being able to step up, and and I think that's probably helped with not not being too complacent and settled in the in the position I am. That I'm more yeah. That I, can, I continue to keep um, competing and, and, and challenging myself. But yeah, that was, I think that yeah that first initiation, first game of Victoria, and I was, I was only 20 at the time. And um, yeah, and to come up against those guys—that guys that I idolise—I I'd either bowled to him in the nets before a Boxing Day test or whatever, and um, and all that type of thing. Um, so who was who was your first first class wicket? Um, so what was it? So it was that year. We I played one more one day, or after that, I played. Uh, we went and played South Australia at the uh, at, at Junction that? Oval. I did. We only got two wickets in that game, and I got um, I got Graham Manu and Matty Elliott. Right. So they, my, they the I got both wickets. They were my first two um, wickets for Victoria, and then um, um, Bluey actually now is one of my assistant coaches. He was batting coach now assistant coach. It was um, yeah it was a not out batsman in that game. He made about seventy odd. They won the game, but yeah and um, Buff played. So my coach yeah he played. He didn't wasn't needed with the bat, but um, yeah he bowled his bowled his little left arm nudies. Um, <laughs> got a couple of wickets. So yeah played against um, some more big names in that game, but. Um, yeah, my shield, my shield opportunity didn't come until yeah later on that year. I think it was uh, that um, was actually a tour match. The West Indies were touring, um, and I got the opportunities.
0: That was your um, first,
1: yeah, first first class game was yeah against a um, a touring side, which happens a little bit um, just because it's like I still love it. It's my first opportunity, but sort of from a team point of view, sometimes they think that it, it's sometimes it can be a rest for the bigger guys. Yep. But it, like I, I still got my cap, I got the debut and. Um, yeah, so I got that opportunity there, and yeah, so my, my first first class wicket was, um, I think it's Devon Smith, Oh, Devin not Smith. not Dwayne Smith, the yep. one that plays T twenty. Yeah, I think it was. I think he's his brother, maybe or yeah, but Devon Devin Smith, I think it was. Yeah, opening left arm or a left hand bat. So um, yes, yeah, so, yeah, so he was the first one. I think he got him nicking uh, court and gully. So that was my first uh, yeah first first class wicket. Um, but um, it was a, a couple of weeks later. I got my first. Uh, Sheffield Shield wicket for Victoria we'll playing um playing WA again um and uh it was uh it was my good mate um now who end up coming over and playing in Victoria Chris Rogers yeah got oh, bucky. It, yeah bucky so um yeah he was my uh my first uh first, first my first Sheffield Shield wicket in Australia so um yeah so it's it's nice to be yeah he's one of my good mates now living in, Mal- in Melbourne and um yeah they always have that little joke around and and he he actually says the same thing to, that Huss um has said to me that uh there yeah, that I was a bit cocky and a bit um a bit a, a bit aggro but I think yeah that was just that competitiveness in me mm-hmm. that at a young age that I wanted to compete so um but I think JL made 190 in the second innings and uh, I still remember to this day that um we actually batted out a draw and uh, I remember I batted I was batting um at the time and not out at the end ate off about seventy balls or something. And, um he just sledged me from pillar to post he Langer. was he was at me he was oh this young bucky, cocky you know he just got into me the whole time, and I'm just like, oh he is brutal. He, he is hard everyone talks about him being hard he he is hard, but um, yeah, he ended up being one of my one of yeah. my good mates as well so um he he was one of our assistant coaches um a couple of years back, so I think um. Yeah, those early days were tough. I think, yeah, it was, I definitely didn't feel comfortable with where I was at. Um, but um, yeah, I, I definitely enjoyed the the contests over that that sort of first initiation through that first year, where you get a little bit of opportunity. You're not you're not fully in the side yet, but you get a little bit of um, opportunity to play and represent Victoria.
0: More of Sid's in a moment. Please subscribe to the Howie Games and give us a rating on iTunes or hit us up on social media at MarkHoward03. Twitter or Facebook will do, and give us your thoughts. There's an ever-growing back catalogue of episodes. Check it out, including last week's ep, featuring Aussie test cricketer Brad Hodge, a man who is still gutted by smashing them in all forms of the game, but only being selected to play six tests for his country. If you said to some young kid, mate, if you want to play cricket for Australia and you want to stay in the team, go and get yourself 500 runs in six games and I'm pretty sure that'll be you know, on the track. Because that's what I said to the selectors. I said, well, I'm on track for 1,000 runs in a season and only the legends do that. Um, and that's what I couldn't understand at the time and I sort of never have actually. Do you get anything back from the selectors? No, I only ever got one thing, which was the, probably the honest, only honest thing um, that I've ever had, uh, apart from just keep going make runs. That's pretty much the standard issue of, oh, keep going, mate, we know what you do. And uh, after a while, you just get sick of hearing that crap. It's a load of rubbish. That was Brad Hodge. Now back to Peter Siddle. So it obviously over a couple of seasons must have gone reasonably well for you. You, you talked about being on a roof when you got the phone call from Victoria. Yeah. Where were you when Australian Honours started coming your way? Because do you, you get a test tour to India? Is that yeah. your first picked? Yeah. yeah, so yeah, I, I, it, it all happens. Was pretty... it coming? Was, was it? I, I don't no, recall. Was it being discussed in the newspapers uh, uh, or the press? A little or? bit, but not a lot. It was, it was
1: sort of weird because I only, I'd only played nine first-class games. Um, leading up to that, so it was pretty much I'd played that first season. I think it was the next year. Obviously, yeah, you have a big pre-season You try and get get you want to get entrenched in that first team. And um, I had a, yeah had an opportunity. I took a few wickets throughout um, a few of the first games. Got my first five for in one of the one of the early games, and I was bowling all right. Um, but I had a had a bit of a shoulder shoulder injury, so I'd, I'd, I'd done that. I need to get a a reco, but. I could still bowl I just couldn't throw So it's like I was halfway through a season I'm not going to get anything done I'm young I'll just have a crack And then at the end of the year I'll go All right. And I I kept performing pretty well Um This was um We'd made the Shield final that year And um So we played the Shield final We've come up against New South Wales And we're playing who they are, They had Pup They had um Um A very young Phil Hughes Um their um, Hads was playing. Their, mm. their 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 bowling attack was Binger, um, Nathan Bracken, Stuart Clark, um, uh, McGill. <laughs> so like wow. it's the say So, so um, unbelievable side. Yeah, we're in the Shield final, and um and I, and I did well. End up, yeah, like I had I'd got nine wickets for the match. Got five in the first innings, four in the second. Um, and finished well we, we lost the game sadly though and which was disappointing but yeah like I knew I needed to get a shoulder reco and they're like oh there's a West Indies tour there's people talking about it but I just thought oh I'm still young you know I'll, I'll just go get my shoulder done so I went and got the shoulder done and um, and it, it all went well but they still picked me on the Aussie A trip to India they're like we know you can't throw but we'll pick you on that and see how you go and so I was actually in India anyway and playing a few games and played a couple of one day games and a couple of first-class games, and I'm actually I was, I was laying in the bed. Obviously, time differences are weird, and when a phone call comes, as you'd know overseas, you, they do not usually come with a number, so you nah. don't know who's calling. You just get it's just unknown. Um, I mean, I was, I was rooming um, back then with Luke Ronki, um, played a lot of cricket for WA, now playing for New Zealand, rooming together, and I sort of look at it weird. He's like, oh, answer it, answer it." So we're both sitting on our bed, just chilling out, and ends up being it was Michael Brown who was in charge back then of sort of head of, um, game development, like high performance sort of thing. And yeah, he's like, ah, oh, mate, um, i see you having a good trip in India. Yeah. You enjoying it? Right. Oh yeah. I'm just, this is weird. Like why, why, why does he want to call me and, um, ask, ask how this, how the, how the LCA trip's going. But, um, no, nah, he, um, yeah, he just goes, mate, I just want to let you know that uh, you've been selected in the touring squad to, um, for next month. Um, to India where you are now but um yeah so um yeah that's that's all I need to ring for I just wanted to, to let you know um yeah congratulations and I'm like, I'm just sitting there and I think yeah Ronk could sort of get the feel because we all knew that the side was get, getting announced but it was more for some of the other teammates uh Ashley Knofki was on the trip who was sort of spoken about might be getting picked so we're thinking um that you know that those blokes might be getting the call and so he sort of knew I think he got a feel that what it was all about, you can see the smile on my face, and um, yeah, I just remember, yeah, getting off the phone. He's like, "Yep, uh, you'll be flying home. You have to fly home, so you can you can get all your new gear, you can change it over, and you'll meet the rest of the team in Sydney, and you can you'll be coming over as part of as the as the team." And yeah, I was just in shock. So yeah, got off the phone and. Ronk's like, you're in the squad, aren't you? You're in the squad, and yeah, so you sort of, you know, big high five, big hug,
0: and... I can see the smile on your face Yeah, now no, it's, it's, a, yeah, it. it's
1: exciting just, like, thinking, because it's stuff you don't think a hell of a lot about, but, yeah, talking about it now, it's like those moments that... Um, and, and Ronk and I have always been very close, and I think, yeah, just little things like that, just... I'm sure he probably remembers that time when, yeah, I was, I was there and Sid's got the call, and I think, yeah, to, to ring home then, and, um yeah, no mum and dad... I, I don't know the time, but, yeah, to let them know and stuff. Was, um, yeah, they were stoked. So, to, yeah, then to pretty much get on a plane, see your boys, I've got to go. They still had a few games to go and I fly home and get all my gear and that initial initial sort of, um, yeah, flight up to Sydney, leave, leave Melbourne and uh, you'll meet everyone in the lounge and the, to walk in because, yeah, there's not, not many people flying from Melbourne to to walk in the lounge and meet the rest of the boys when I'm walking in there and, yeah, Ricky Ponning, Mike Hussey, Stuart Clark, Brett Lee, even Mitchell Johnson, who I sort of looked up to um, as well, yeah, to walk in there, blokes that I didn't really know, um, yeah, to walk in there and see them and, yeah, get congratulated by them and, yeah, sort of sit down as a, as a, as a what do I think, I was 23, yeah, to sit down and think, oh Jesus. is a bit weird. <laughs> Ricky Ponty. Yeah, yeah, a bloke that I that I loved and idolised. Um yeah,
0: so that was yeah, and and um yeah, and then off we went. It's funny you mentioned Punter when um when we started the Big Bash, um, we had to have a, a meeting with myself and, and the boss and um Flem and Punter. And uh, and Flem was introduced by security. They said, "Oh, Darren Fleming's here downstairs." <laughs> so Flem comes up, and he, you know we knew yeah, him. And, and then Ricky came in, and we, we were just in awe. no one even knew what to say to him because yeah. it, it's Ricky Ponting. So yeah. I can't imagine what it was like stepping into a, in a team with these blokes. And all of a sudden, you're you're in India, and I presume as is always the way in India, someone gets injured or gets crook, or yeah. and then they're knocking on your door.
1: Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, like I'm going over. I'm thinking, oh, this is great. You know, you're one of those. There's always a young kid goes on a trip and just you know bowls in the nets. He learns from some of the senior guys and you know he has a, it's like a development trip. Mm. Um, yeah, I was yeah I was bowling well in the nets, but not expecting to play. And yes, first test goes down. Um, Cameron White had been called over, one of my uh, close mates, and he'd played the first test. He played as the spinner, sort of batting at eight. Um, so he'd debuted. He was he was number four oh two, um, Baggy Green, and then yeah Stuart Clark hurts his elbow and um, punter just gives me a little word over the next couple of days that, oh, you know, just make sure you're you ready to go if if needed. I'm like, oh, yeah. I was yeah, yeah, I was like, yeah, whatever. I didn't really know what to say thinking, no, he's only saying that, you know, yeah. Um, Yeah, it was the, the day before the game. We're at training. I wasn't really doing a lot. I think I was more, my eyes were all over Safi, <laughs> Stuart Clark, and just watching him, how he went about it. And I was just chatting with some of the boys and punter came over and tapped me on the shoulder and said, um, you better get ready to go. And um, yeah, so I was um, didn't really sleep well that night. So Whitey, Whitey had done it the week before. He didn't really sleep well. I'd pretty much stayed up late. we watching movies and joking around, and so he was pretty much my buddy. The next, um, the next match, he um, there that we yeah, wasn't a lot of sleep taken place, and um, yeah, got um, that morning. air yeah, presented the cap. Ricky presented the cap to me, which. Yeah, it's um, yeah, that, that was just magical. That like a bloke that I'd yeah like looked up to and just watched play and just loved the way how he how he went about it. The aggression, he's just competitive and and all those types of things. Just stuff that, that's 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 how I wanted to play. And um, yeah, to get presented that, I can't really tell you tell you a hell of a lot um, what he said. I think my eyes were too um, focused on the hat that he had in his hands, um, so I don't really don't really remember much he said, but yeah i was just waiting for him to hand it to me there and getting that and then putting it on the head and um yeah it's um it's a long journey to get to that point it isn't is it? it is it's a dream and then yeah to actually get there like ups and downs i had, I had two shoulder recos I, I still hadn't fully recovered from the second one and i was lucky they'd give me that opportunity they they picked pick me um anyway um so yeah it was just just to repay them and go out there and and play but um yeah getting that cap i've still got a picture at home now of me putting the hat on and um and ricky Ricky, ricky's um signed it like signed it with a message and stuff and just like yeah i think it's um yeah looking forward to playing um having uh, many more good memories together in the baggy green and just even just to have from him like together like in there that we're actually going to play like more games so to have stuff like that um but yeah yeah so i got the debut in in um Fast yeah, bowler's in paradise. It's it, not exactly
0: the whacker, is it? No, nah,
1: it's not, but I suppose, but in a way, sort of, if you get got a debut somewhere, it's if you can pick a best place for a fast bowler to debut out of India, yep. it's probably That's one it. of the more favourable places. Um, it wasn't that day, but. How'd you go? Oh, um, uh, yeah.
0: Can you remember your first ball standing in the I definitely the top remember your my
1: first ball because, yeah, Brett Lee took the first over at the other end and my first over from my end, and I was just all I wanted to do, just. Hard and fast Just hit the wicket hard Just hit the wicket hard Because I'm like If I hit the wicket hard I don't care what ball comes out <laughs> As long as I hit the wicket Like I don't want to be Yeah Yeah and I charged in Hit the wicket hard End up um, Yeah I hit Gambier In the head First, First ball. ball First ball Yep smack straight in the helmet um, So yeah that was uh, Yeah it was sort of pretty memorable um, I just wish though Because a lot of blokes Change helmets now and He kept batting with it it wasn't until drinks that he actually changed it it doesn't look as good I would have liked if he had a, had to change <laughs> it then had to change it then it doesn't yeah like there's, there's no footage of him changing it at drinks <laughs> is there so it doesn't look as a fast bowler you loves that stuff you know yeah you see him changing the helmet it was yeah I broke it but yeah he didn't change it till drinks. drink so um, that was disappointing but um did you get a wicket I did yeah it was late in the day um I thought oh this is never going to happen here it was a bit flat and it's going a bit slow and Tandukar, he broke the record. He, he, um, during that game, so he, he, he hit, got the runs off me. Um, I'd like to say it was an edge down the down the third man, but his, his skill was just a late cut down. So late. Uh, are we talking the record for most test, yeah, runs? yeah, most test runs. Yeah, he uh, that was off me. So, um, and then we stood around for the next uh, ten minutes during <laughs> during the broad daylight, um, watching fireworks go off. So, if you sort of think of fireworks that, um. At night, they work well because the sky's dark. That's it. During the day, it's all so you really much. hear is a sound and a pop. <laughs> you know, So, yeah, we stood around for the uh, for the 10 minutes of um, celebrating uh, Sachin Tanduka's um, milestone. But, um, yeah, it was, um, it was a bit later on that afternoon that, um, yeah, I, was, uh, I ended up getting him. I found his outside edge and um, Hados took a nice catch, sort of one and a half slip. Yeah, coming forward, he took this, yeah, it was nice and low and took this catch and, yeah, it was, uh, yeah, so... There it was, the Jesus first peaked. wicket, Sachin
0: Tanduka. and if you're gonna have a first test wicket, that's that's as, a, that's as good as it gets. It isn't is, it? it
1: is, and it was funny. That, so like, yeah, like I said, Cameron White, one of my best mates, debuted the the match before. Same thing. He got Cameron White. Uh, he got Sachin first, um, first wicket as well. He is a, I think it was a, um, yeah, short cover, caught short cover. So yeah, in two matches, yeah, the the, the two mates, um, yeah, he got Sachin, but I think yeah, just just to get Sachin, like. He's one of the one of the greatest players anyway. Like so, someone's got to get him. But yeah, to to be able to get your first wicket and him, him be that is uh, yeah
0: something that I'll look back on and think um, yeah. yeah cherish a lot. I don't want to go into too many specifics about matches here or matches there, but just yeah. to, as a general thing, as a, as a young bloke growing up in the country, anyone that grows up playing cricket, boy or girl, they dream of playing for Australia. Is it everything we build up in our heads? Is it is it that and more to play for your country in Test cricket?
1: Yeah, hundred percent. I think like it, every, the baggy green gets spoken about a lot, and I think people at a point get to th- start thinking it's only a hat. Like it can't be that, it can't be that good. You represent a team, yeah, but like it's a when magical you do, symbol. It, though, it, it isn't is it? like so. I'm, I'm 403, and um, yeah, like it, it's a number that you cherish, you use a lot, like, yeah, I've, I've, I've got it on things, like, it's, it's, it is it's very symbolic to you, and, and to think that over the hundred odd years that um, Test Cricket's been around, there's only been, I think it's up to about 440 now, um, around there, that's... Yeah, there's only been 440. Like, you look, you can look at some countries. England uh, England might be up around 800 like or 600. Like, a lot of countries that have been playing for us in England especially, there's a lot more
0: players there. So yeah. to only be 400 in that time, that oh, makes for it every, for a very small number. For every kid that's grown up in Morwell or Tyres or Townsville or wherever it may be around the country, anyone that's ever played cricket, you know, yeah. there's thousands, hundreds of thousands, 440 yeah. odd. It's... It's nothing, is it? It's, no, a drop in, it's elite. It is. It's elite. That's it, what
1: it is. It is, and I think like. I think the numbers. I know the last couple of years. I think just popping off what Cricket Australia, like would say that, yeah, people playing cricket in Australia the last couple of years has been over a million. So over a million people mm. are registered with from kids to seniors. I don't know that's it's a broad range, but yeah, there's there's still a million people playing cricket in the country, and for only four hundred people to to have ever. Represent Australia. I think that yeah, you sort of think of it like that, and you're like, "Whoa, that's that makes a that makes it a very mo- a very small minority that are that are represented." And I think that's what make that's what makes the baggy green so special. And I see why you look at Steve Waugh's. It was tattered and that. It, it, I like people, some people do want to change it. They like keeping it clean, but yeah, like I lost my little the little nub off the top of it. That little the little bump nub. That yep. yeah, I lost that in my, my second game. It's never been replaced to this day. Mine's it's lost its elastic. Like you just don't get it changed. Like yeah, and I think that's yeah. You, you cherish you cherish your hat, and I know it's only a hat, but I think yeah, it's, just, it's, it's more it's, than yeah. It's, it is. It yeah. is, and it's it's very symbolic, and it's um. And you, you would have, you would have spoken to loads of ex cricketers from seventies, yeah. eighties, yeah, from years on, and I think um. Yeah, it's it's nice to hear those stories and, and and meet people. I've I've met just random people in the in at the clinics and stuff where they'll go, oh yeah, my great grandfather was um, Keith Miller, and yeah, like we've stored his blazer, or, like stories like that. Um, that you are just like, oh, that's just so cool. Like yeah, like I'll, I'll know their names, and, yeah. and I think that puts a smile on their face that you know
0: their ex players. But there's not a lot of them, so you remember you remember a fair few of them. Sat down with Dean Jones, another great Victorian cricketer, for the Howie Games, and his um, baggy green was presented to him by his postman on yeah. the bike, dropped it off, and then yep. said, "Here you go," and actually put it on his yeah. head for him. And, no. and he remembers it to this day. Yeah, and uh,
1: it is, and uh, that, that's that they they talk about it now. Is we're pretty lucky in a way that we get it presented to us.
0: Uh, and he said one yeah. of the, the proudest moments of his career was presenting it to other people. Now, yeah. which is a fantastic. And thing.
1: Um, that's that's something good that we. I'll, I'll go on to, but yeah, like. Like you, you can talk to all those guys, especially the 80s, and obviously, yeah, earlier on it was a, a lot different. Um, but it was they get their they get their box of clothes, which we still get our box of clothes. But in their box, they would open up and the baggy green'd be there. Yeah. Like we open ours up, you get your clothes, but you don't get you don't get your hat. Even if you're 12th man, until you actually you're in the 11, you don't get a hat. So if you're 12th man, you haven't played a game, you're wearing like the Australia A. It's a different symbol. Like still the baggy green, but yeah, until you get the yeah you you get it. And I think. Um, it's, it's lovely now that, yeah, to see these old, the older past players come back. And, and now, yeah, they try and get ex players to present it to lo- like for like sort of thing, if it's possible. So if it's a batsman, yeah, Dino will present to a batsman. Um, Glenn McGrath, I remember, presented to Joshie Hazelwood. Um Hazelwood. Uh, I think Rich, the Richie presented it to Steve Smith because, because when, Steve, when Smitty first sort of started he playing, he was a leggy. I, th- I think it was like that anyway. Yeah, but like they try and get like for like and. Um, and I think that's cool and I think um, since what we've been playing we get a little bag with our number on it like um, the symbol and everything so it's like a little pouch you can carry a, carry a um, hat around in and obviously the past players didn't get that opportunity and um, it's a little bit of an initiative from Cricket Australia and uh, and our manager, Gav Dovey, who's very good about sort of sentimental things. And he's good with that kind of um, looking after the past and, and showing them stuff. And now, which um, Dino got presented with, when those guys come in to present a hat to one of the boys, they are presented with a bag, um, same as ours, with the emblem on it and their number um, and their name on the bag. So, which they might have got theirs in the in the um, cardboard box mm. at the posties dropped off. Um, but now, yeah, they get this bag, and it's and um, I know, um, I know, I think it was Dino that said it um, that yeah, it was it was sort of like getting presented again with his baggy green. It was like yeah, he, he loved it, and even the coaches that we've had, like with Craig McDermott and, and Bluey and Booth, um, those guys that have um, coached and know that that's what we do, even when they've had the we've presented to them with that opportunity to get that bag and stuff like. Yeah, it, it, you just see the smile on their face and how much they cherish it, um, and how much that that it all means to them. I think that's that's what um, yeah, that's that's what makes you as a young bloke. That's what you dream of, and even as yeah, I've played eight years now for Australia, but even seeing that now, those older guys get that. Like, yeah. that's it, it, that brings a smile mm. to my face.
0: Hey, cool pickle here. Daddy's away again, so I'm on the phone to tell you all about next week's episode. Daddy's calling this our biggest guest yet. Next Thursday on the Howie Games, Ricky Ponting, the punter. Don't miss it, gang. Back to Sids. What? One of our good mates, uh, Clint McKay. He yep. played a, a test. I think he played his test in uh, in Perth. He did, and then uh, not long afterwards, he was down in the Torquay Caravan Park. Yeah, and yeah. He'd come around for a beer, Guru, and uh, with another mate of ours, bergie Craig Berg, and we were having a beer. I was like, Come on, mate, where's that? Where's that? Where's that? He said, oh, I don't know, mate. Come on, and he opened up the old hold, and he had a couple of cricket bags there, and was on of stuff, half stuffed under the old spare time i I'm like, Come on, Mac, on some Aggie Green. But you know how much of a low key yeah. character. Yeah, no,
1: he is. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's one of my best mates, and <laughs> yeah, and I think that's the funny thing, like. It. Yeah, like, and sometimes, yeah, like sometimes you do, like, yeah, you, you just you, you get it, and it, it means a lot. And when you're playing, it does. But yeah, sometimes it just it just lays
0: around yeah. and stuff. Like, yeah, I think I, I just remember when he pulled it out, the, yeah. the awe that we were in it. Yeah, it, it, like you said, it's just a hat, but it's it's so much more. It than is. That. It's what we all gre- dreamed of wearing, and yeah. only 440 blokes have had the yeah. chance. And I
1: think um, it's the exact same story. So obviously when i found out i was playing my family it was hard to get there for day one but they it all got arranged cricket australia helped out we got they flew over day one they got there pretty much that night or the next morning um and my brother because i wasn't really going to sleep much (laughs) my brother and best mate um came over with mum and dad and they just stayed in my room so uh, yeah like i'm I'm still young yeah so like i just shared the bed with one of them big double bed my um, brother on the little trundle. We're in the same room. Like, yeah, I'm playing cricket. I'm playing cricket for Australia. And, but yeah, like I love that, and I still remember going to physio and coming back. And the boys, do, yeah, boys are having a photo shoot. They're, they're, they got they got the camera out. They they are getting photos and you know, with the hat on. yeah, with the hat on, they're getting <laughs> selfies and stuff. And yeah, and this and it's exactly what you said, like what it means in the oar and stuff, like and just to see a friend. Um, yeah, you might never have got the opportunity, but to see a friend do well or yeah, someone that you've looked up to, any, anything like that. I think, um, that yeah, fantastic. it's it's great. So, um, yeah, it, it is funny stories. And yeah, actually, I had to pull out. I pulled out of that match, um, and and Clint played, um, debuted. So yeah, was, we were kicking back and having a, having a glass of wine together um, before the match. And I think it's yeah, it's just yeah, it's great great to see. It's just great to see your close mates that yeah. you've grown up with. I've played all my cricket Victoria alongside Clint. We got contracted the same time. Um, yeah, and I think um, that, you know, those moments to have with your, with your best mates, uh, it's been great. And I've been lucky enough that in the time that I've played for Australia, I haven't had a lot of Victorians alongside me a lot of the time. But I've been out yeah, play with a with a with a few at different stages, and um, it's um, that's that's always fun. You you mates with everyone, but mm. it's it's not not the same when you when you play. Yeah, you play with
0: um, a Victorian teammate that, out in the field it's not all plain sailing when you're an international sportsman and when things aren't going well and you might be getting smashed in the media or etc what's the toughest time you've had playing for Australia
1: Um, I think the good thing with me my mentality and stuff that because I'm so laid back and just easy going that a lot of that, that doesn't really faze me I think the 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 big things that sort of make it hard for me is just the selection side of things like just not playing so like probably we can probably say the last eighteen months probably haven't been my most um, they've been enjoyable but yeah they haven't been my most fruitful you'd probably say that I haven't been, you know I've been twelfth man I'm still around the side which which is great that's but yeah I wasn't playing so they they're probably the hardest hardest times do you read the paper so. yeah yeah I read the paper because I love that it's it's I think it's that same competitiveness. And so, if someone it gives writes, me fuel, so if someone think, writes, "Siddle doesn't deserve his spot." you yeah, read that and think, yeah. well,
0: I'm going to prove him wrong."
1: And, and yeah, and I, and I think I've always done that. And it's, it's not, it's not about, it's not about remembering who wrote the article and, the like, and, and having a big pop at him because he's doing his job. And I and I think that's where I get it. I understand that that's their job. They, that's that's what he does. My job is to play cricket, and his job's to write articles or read the read the do the news on the radio or yep. whatever. So that, that's their opinion. So. I've just yeah, I've used it more as fuel and um, and and fire, and um, it probably takes me back to one of my earlier games. My second test, I didn't play anymore in India. Stuart Clark came back, but we got back to Australia, and his elbow flared up again, and he was pretty much done. I started. We played in Perth. South South Africa chased down 400 or whatever, beat us oh. on the flat wicket. Mitchell Johnson took all the wickets. Binger and I struggled.
0: Oh, I sat in an airport in Port Moresby yeah. on the
1: way from a surf trip thinking, they're going to get a wicket here. Yeah. They're going to get but, a wicket here. Uh, we're not getting a wicket. I got one wicket. Um, one wicket probably for oh, over the match, probably nearly 200 runs. It was a record chase, wasn't yeah, it? Yeah, 400. They got about three down. and um, So going into Boxing Day test, like my dream Play for Australia, but then play a Boxing Day Test. course. Cool. So my first chance to play a Boxing Day Test is the next match. I'm thinking I'm I'm probably not going to play. Papers hammering me. They bring in an extra bowler. Hilfie got brought um, brought into the squad um, to top it up. So as soon as that happens, you're like, oh, there's every chance of getting rid of a fast bowler here. Um, Binger's the great, so he's 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 going to be staying. Mitchell Johnson just took 13 or 12 wickets for the match, so I'm pretty sure he's probably going to be going to be staying in there. And then it's yeah, it's, it's me. Um, played two games only, take, only took one wicket there I'm probably going to struggle and um, yeah I was getting hammered and I think yeah that, that, that was probably the first time I'd had that really happen doesn't happen a lot in state cricket no. I, I, and I'd done well so I'd, um, I'd got hammered but yeah went out boxing day test and I think that's that's where I started to feel a bit more comfortable um, but yeah, that's where I, I caught my first little spray there. The papers weren't really backing me. They're like, is he up to it? That kind of stuff. So I think from that day, yeah, I just used it as fuel and, and, and fire more than worrying about it affecting me, um, personally because at the end of the day, and you, and you learn it more as a, as I got older at the time, I probably didn't think too much of it, but yeah, I just know now it's just their job. That's, that's what they're, they're paid to do. That's it. That's their job. Mine's to play the sport. So yeah, I read it all. Um, but yeah, Back to the um, the battle, I think. Yeah, the battle for me is probably, yeah, just being 12th man, obviously the West Indies, um, through that time, not playing there, um, going through England. Um, yeah, that, that, that's probably the most disappointing probably time for me in my career, just knowing that um, how much I've played. I've played a lot of cricket in England. Um, I've done well on previous Ashes tours um, and not getting that opportunity early, at, earlier at, on. And we were getting beat. Yeah, and th- that makes it hard because... Yeah, like there's, there's sometimes where you, you don't get picked. You're like, well, I wasn't picked because I'm not bowling well enough. But um, I was bowling well, um, and I knew the conditions. And those conditions are probably summer. They're, they're probably nearly more um, uh, they're more suited for me than, than Australian conditions in mm. a way at times. So like it's um, yeah, that was disappointing it's, uh, to watch. Understood, sort of edge baston um, that I didn't get selected there. Um, that they just come off a win at Lords. So you come off a win. It's it's hard to change it. Even though they go on, and it's a nice green wicket. Could easily pick me, um, but they've won. So they stick with the same side. But from them to lose there, go to Trent, Trent Bridge. Um, I took eight wickets in the match the last Ashes series there. Um, I'd played for, for not for knots the previous yeah. the previous season. Um, and done well at at Trent Bridge, so to not get picked there. And I remember saying to our good mate Ricky, he's commentating over there after the the toss was done, warm up, and I was just I was literally yeah, I didn't really know what to do. I was out in the field and a bit lost, and I sort of said to him then, I said, mate, I, I genuinely think if I, I might I might not play again if I'm not going to get picked here on this wicket. <laughs> um, I, I, yeah, I don't know when I'm going to get picked. Um, and I said it to him there, and he, he just said, no, you just keep working hard. You just keep doing what you do. And if if that's the case, it's the case. But just keep working hard." And um, and lucky I did. I I, I bowled well, and then got the chance in the last test. Um, took yeah, took six wickets for the match. Uh, we won the match, and I did well. So just yeah, get that opportunity was good. But that was probably the hardest time I think throughout that Ashes series. Um, and then coming back to Australia, um, not getting that chance to to start the summer. Um, but yeah I got my chance again and I think what was hurting was because I was so close to 200 wickets that I knew I was that close but not knowing if I'd get that opportunity again um yeah so yeah but to get my chance again and um perform reasonably well um I wasn't as fit um sort of injury wise had a few niggles along the way but um yeah to, to, to perform reasonably well through the summer um
0: Become only, the I think the fifteenth Australian to take yeah. two hundred tests. With yeah, us. so I think now you are talking four hundred and forty. So <laughs> two hundred and twenty of those are bowlers, and there is only fourteen of them at that point to yeah. have taken two hundred. We're really getting at the sharp in, sharp end of the pencil now, aren't we?
1: Yeah, and I think that's yeah. So to get that, um, so yeah, it was a memorable moment. It was that yeah, the first ever day night test? Um, yeah, just to, just to be able to to, to play in that, um, um, yeah, It was good. And then yeah, to get to get the um, to get the 200th wicket then, and just get just get it out of the way. The sort of it was done. The relief, um, but the excitement um, of getting that done. Um, yeah, it was it was amazing, and I think um, yeah that was it was a special match for me. My my um, my grandma had been ill for a long time, and um, I got to see her um, one last time before I went over to Adelaide. And um, yeah, she she wasn't that well, but I got to see her, and I just said to her, you know, the last thing I said to her was that um, yeah I'll, I'll get the 200 wickets. And yeah, you sort of get across to the match and play the match, and um, yeah, and, and yeah, she she saw the 200 wickets, and as if as and then she passed the next um the next day, it was sort of like uh as if she was waiting for that moment. I got it, and then yeah, and then it was all done. So I think yeah, to to yeah to to get that done, and and, and grateful she or she loved watching me play. So um yeah, so to she, get that, she hung and she, yeah she hung around, 200. she hung in there and got to see that, and um I think yeah just to, um. Yeah, as if she was waiting, she was like, come on, SIDS, you're going gonna to get this wickets or what? Um, Did your grandma yeah, call you Sid? No, nah, I got a nickname Skeeter uh, when I was a young kid. Went back years. Um, young young fella in the in the cot. Um, summer, a lot of mozzies around. Yeah, had a lot of mosquito boys over, over me, so they'll call me Mosquito. And then, yeah, just sort of got shortened to Skeeter. So right. mum and dad and uncles and everyone, yeah, always called me Skeeter. So, that, yeah, that's, that's what it was, but... Um, yeah, so that that's always going to be yeah memorable. That that um, yeah the, the first the first test uh, obviously Nan, Nan passed, but yeah got to see the, the two hundred, um, yeah just a lot of memories to that. But yeah to, to become the only the fifteenth person to do it, um, yeah which sort of it does it does it makes it a, sm- a small category and it was yeah nice to get there and, um, and get it
0: out of the way sort of thing. Let's uh, let's uh, just a couple more quick questions, but let's do them in, in a rapid fire sense. I don't yep. know what'll pop into my head, just almost word association. So, uh, why is Ricky Ponting so good? Competitive and and aggressive. Who's yep. a, who's the best batsman you've seen? I say Mike Hussey because I love him internationally. Mike Hussey. Yeah,
1: Mike Hussey. I watched him play. There's one innings. Sorry, to be quick. One innings. It was against South Africa. I was a net bowler that morning. Um, went and watched him play. Aussies were. Eight down Oh no, nine down No, eight Because he was batting with Stuart McGill He was on ten Stuart McGill goes out first over Pidge walks out um, They go on to put on 120 Pidge about ten not out Huss was smacking him everywhere And I think I always liked him before that But yeah, watched that innings And still to this day Yeah, he's the, yeah, he's the best player that um, As a batsman That I loved Yeah, loved batting with him But yeah, loved him
0: Who's the hardest bloke to dismiss in world cricket? I reckon punter,
1: yeah Because the net sessions they, People talk about training hard No one trained harder than him Net session was like, literally, it was a game And um, yeah, he was yeah, Played against him for state cricket Hardest bloke to get out
0: Day-night test, yes or no?
1: I'm going with yes, I believe Yeah, there's a few little changes need to be done But for the future and for what it brings to the game I think yes
0: Do you worry about the future of test cricket, yes or no? Yep, Will we be playing Test cricket in thirty years' time?
1: I'd like to say yes, um, but I yeah. In that time, the need probably needs to be changes, and that's where I think day-night cricket can yeah can bring people back. Um, obviously, yeah. Twenty-twenty cricket.
0: What's it like to play? Fun? Crazy? Silly? Mad?
1: Because I'm laid back, I reckon fun. Yeah, as as a bowl, a lot of people hate it, but um, I think it's fun. Entertainment's unbelievable, and I think. People might say it's taking cricket away from test and one-dayers, but I reckon it's it's bringing people into the game. It's bringing younger kids to watch the game. So I believe it's it's good for the game.
0: If you could have drafted one bloke you played against into the Australian side, who would it be? Dale Stane. Dale Stane. Quick. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. 160.
1: Yeah, he could bowl rapid, rapid outswingers. There's not a lot of blokes that have ever been able to do that. He didn't bowl as quick at all the time as some of the others, but his skill and his record in a time where conditions have probably not been the greatest for fast bowling. Um, yeah, bloke low average low 20s these days. Not many people can do it.
0: Michael Clark as captain
1: oh, tactically very good. One yeah, I played yeah a lot different to a lot of other people. Um, but tactically Different in what way? Oh, he just went about it different. Like he was very chilled, he played the game relaxed. Um bat for your life though, he'd go out there and he'd bat for the team, make runs but he, he, he didn't, he didn't he wasn't the aggressive type like a, a punter or a tailor and stuff, he did it a different way which I, which I liked as well and I think yeah, he cops a lot of flack for being that type of person but the way he played the game, he batted like he batted like it was the last you know, he was the last wicket he won us loads of test matches um, and then his captaincy I think tactically was yeah, very good.
0: Favourite cricket moment?
1: Hard to toss, but I'll probably got three. I'd have to say, getting my baggy of green, um, my hat trick in the Ashes, and then winning the Ashes five nil. Um,
0: the unchangeables.
1: Yeah, that the, the, I can't really pick. I can't split those three. I think they're gonna they're the three best.
0: Tell me something about the hat trick. I don't know. It was Cook, was it Pryor and Broad? Yep, Cook, Pryor, Broad. Get ready to
1: yell Happy birthday, Tubbs! Get ready, loosen those vocals up, Tubbs. Here it
0: comes. Here we go. Crowd cheers. Here's Siddle. Oh, that ball is close. He's given him! He's given him! Peter Siddle's got a hat-trick on his birthday! Not yet, he has You little something
1: about that hat-trick that I don't know. Um, it was meant to be a... Um, I was meant to hit the... Hit a good length, about the probably about the five and a half metre mark, and try and hit the top of off with the hat trick ball. With the hat trick ball, which was a full toss Yorker. It was a full toss Yorker that hit him flush on the toe, which was um, yeah, the toe crusher. DK and Tomo would have been loving the fact that that's how I, how I got it. <laughs> but it was meant to be short of a length. But it was, was it? meant to be yeah. Just I was, I was trying to hit the top of off. And right. like if I can hit the top of off, there's a little bit of reverse swing. I can either come, I can either either come back in bowl him LB or he might play inside it and get an outside edge. So that was my plan. Um, so so why'd you bowl where you did? I was thinking back to when I debuted. Run in, bowl hard and fast, <laughs> and, and do it right. And I, I ran in, bowled hard and fast, and it came out completely opposite to when I debuted. <laughs> Instead of being that short ball, it was a full toss. But yeah, it
0: worked. Umpire gave him, and then we go to the yeah, review. Yeah, the DRS. So the review. <laughs> what a way to spoil a bloody uh, moment. Well, I think of it the other way. It gets it, extended Because yeah, you knew he was gone
1: Yeah well, There's not too many people That have got a hat trick Especially the blokes before me though. Um, Flem Victorian. Flem, Flem, can't, Flem can't say he celebrated it twice No that's true I got to celebrate it twice So I had the big celebration
0: There's a great history too With uh, Victorians Flem, With Flem Merv, Merv, Merv
1: Warnie. Warnie Warnie dropping Flem's second one <laughs> <laughs> But yeah So I think um, Yeah it was completely The opposite ball That a wonder bowl But it
0: got the desired result Hey, have you got just uh, another ten or fifteen minutes? Just yeah. something, era I, I want to talk to you about is when I remember seeing you first play cricket. You look like a bloke from More. Um, you look like you're still playing, probably B grade for More. Yeah. You had sort of maybe the tips in the air at that stage. You, you're a bigger fella. You're yeah. solid. You probably had a bit of a gut on you. You probably drank beer. I, I look at you now, and you are. Uh, as fitter looking quicker as I see. And there's obviously been a lot talked about your diet, which I want to talk to you about. Um, It's a lot of negative associations when you do something different. Um, And I'll tell you where I'm coming at this from. For the last 10 weeks, this is not about me, this is about you, but for the last 10 weeks, I've tried to change what I've eaten. So for the last 10 weeks, I've had no sugar, no uh, dairy or no gluten. And I thought, oh, I don't need to change my diet because I feel good. But I feel unbelievable now. Like I feel freaking amazing <laughs> I don't know if it's because I'm pumped that I've done it or because yeah. I physically feel better but there obviously came a time and I, I think it's heavily involved with, with your beautiful partner where you decided yep. to change things completely and there's a real negative association with it in some ways which we'll get to but tell me what was the what was the point where things began to change and, and your beautiful uh Fiance, fiance soon yep. to be wife, yep. uh, Anna. She's a, a Triple M girl who yep. we're here in the Triple M studios in Melbourne at the moment. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: So yeah, she used to work at Triple M, but um, yeah. So it goes back. She was raised vegetarian, vegan. So that's that's been her life. Her dad, her mum. So that's how she was raised. Um, we were we were friends for a long time. So if I was out having lunch with her or dinner, I'd um, I always ate pretty healthy. But like you said, I I did. I was I was so you, I was you were friends free. before you became yeah. We were friends. Um, so i I'd, I'd eat I'd eat vegetarian with her. Um, just, yeah, it was just polite, you know, just do the right thing. But we'd go to vegetarian restaurants or whatever, um, and all those types of things. But, um, even before that, I think the big place I noticed it was, I had a stress fracture in my back, yep. um, back in 2010. Um, at that time I lived in Mooney Ponds, not far from Carlton's, um, training facility, Carlton Football Club, and the ex-Australian strength and conditioning bloke was Justin Cordy who had th- then taken over the role at Carlton was working there oh, so no, in my true. rehab 50
0: grand a year as well she <laughs> yeah, was a story he, he
1: did well he did well in but he um, they gave me the opportunity that the easiest way for me to get back into it was to train that someone knew who knew cricket so I went I started training at Carlton and I think that's where I felt embarrassed like I walked in the change rooms those first few times and Got along with the blokes like a house on fire, but here's me walking in. I'm playing cricket. I'd played. I played for Australia. I was going well. I was continually uh, not getting dropped. I was in. The, I was one of the main men in the Australian side. And I walk into these change rooms injured, and I was sloppy. Like, and you look at these boys. They uh, chiseled. They trained hard. They
0: worked hard. So you were embarrassed about your physical? Yeah, shape?
1: Yeah, yeah, my shape. I was, I was strong and stuff. But yeah, I'm like, am I, am I really doing doing things right here? And I think I don't. How don't many think tests it, you played at this stage? It was before the Ashes. 2010-11 just okay. before I took the hat trick so I've been playing for two years probably yeah. played 15 so you yeah, yeah okay. I played 15-20 tests so um, and then yeah seeing these boys the way they trained and I think spending I spent the whole pre-season with those guys became good mates with a lot of them and yeah just watching how they went about it and I think that's where Chris Judd like he was just watching him go about it rehab was like his thing he did everything Pilates he was He'd train out in the field. He was fine, but he'd still go in. He'd be, I'd be in the rehab group. He'd come in after a training session. He'd be doing some rehab. Didn't have to, mm. but he did because he knew he had to. And I think it's just seeing those things, learning a little bit, it took some time to get it all together. Um, and, and, and a few bad times. Um, I, over the next few years, I, yeah, you get the point. I, I was enjoying partying and stuff like that, um, probably going a bit over the top. And, yeah, you sort of just get to a stage where you've got, you got to make a decision with what you're going to do. Um, and obviously my partner, we we start we're, we're dating in now, and I needed to make how'd a change. How did you first ask her out? Uh, I think we're good friends though. we're good, we're good friends. It was, just it was more just that, yeah, just okay. sort of you just just mi- mixed in and just it just bec- it became one. But um, I think it was around then that I was having niggles, so I thought I'll do a bit of research. She's like, why don't you? yeah stop eating um, meat. I will still eat a bit of seafood. Um, and yeah, so I started to stop eating meat. Looked into, did a lot of research, on other sportsmen around the world. Um, I'd been affected um, in my family with bowel cancer, so that played a part as well. Um, one of the to, to reduce the risks of that um, is yeah, just cut out red meat. So that, that was a pretty easy decision. I'd I'd lost an auntie and uncle to that, so it's um, something that people. Yeah, I don't, I don't talk about it a lot, but people sort of forget that they just they like the ne- they like being negative. That was my well,
0: misses and everything. Well, but- that, that's 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 the crux of the issue is that even when I was reading a lot about it yesterday, th- there was all the stuff, and we'll get to it. You know, he can't like Dennis Lee, the Rodney Hogs of the world. Not to pull those bugs out, but you, you, if you're a fast bowler, you got to eat red yeah, meat. Yeah. That's what you got to do. Um, so when you when you break out of a mold automatically people are negative about it.
1: Oh, they are. Aren't they? And, and that's the thing. At the end of the day, mine, I changed my mindset from... I needed to be a lot healthier. I knew that. And I hadn't... Even from the time I trained with Carlton, I still took me time to actually get that into my head that I needed to make a lot a big a big change. So I decided then that um, yeah, there's one way to do it. And I've never been half-arsed. Like, I'll just go straight in. So like, bang. Yeah, cold cold turkey, I'll go straight into it. I'll just... I'll, so... I pretty much said, um, I went my first trip said, no, nah, I'm not eating seafood anymore. I'm just going full. Yeah, I wasn't eating dairy. Um, I'm going full vegan. I was going to do it. Mrs was like, oh, yeah, whatever you reckon.
0: Went away on the trip, came back. No, I, I didn't. She's like, oh, okay. And then I just went with it. Um, it's a massive adjustment isn't it? because you would have been eating out a lot. Yep. And That's what I've found over the last 10, 12 weeks. It's easy at home, but when you go yeah. out, you look at the menu and you're having to look at things that you've never even considered before. yeah. It's uh, yep. so. H- how did you deal
1: with that? Yeah, it was, it was it was awkward at the start, but I think by having her support and her knowledge um, with what I was doing in the research side as well, um, that I was able to make the change. I, I cut out alcohol at that stage as well, um, cold turkey as well, because I was probably I was going a bit over the top with how I was handling things. I'm like, I've got to make a big change here, because I'm not going to be playing cricket much longer, and um, and I'm going to have to I'm going to be have to find a job. So. I, um, Heaven forbid! Yeah, so, that, that, that's what it was like at that stage. I was only, that's good motivation. What was I, I was only 27 or something. Yep. But I still had loads of cricket left. But I was, I was throwing it away. So no. So I, both of them, bang. People sort of laughed at it. Like, oh, you will you won't, you won't last that long. Um, and did it, did it
0: annoy you when people laughed, or was it water off a of duck's back, or was it? Nah, because back because the my, articles we we're talking about. Yeah, it's like, well, so, I will do. Yeah, it my
1: attitude. It, yeah. The more people that said it. said it's no good, I'm I like, it. oh, this, this is gonna be even easier. Yeah, it made it easier for me to make the changes because these people are negative, and I think that's what it was at the start. And it's, um, and it's true. A lot of people were negative. What are you doing? It's going to affect you. It's going to do this. It's going to do that. All these types of things, and then as soon as they start seeing me seeing the, seeing the results, seeing how I'm going, seeing the recovery, the transformation that I had along the way, how it was helping me in different facets of my game and health-wise, that then they start asking questions. So then the questions start coming. Why are you eating that? Why are you doing this? What's with that rehab? What's with all these types of things? So then, then their question, they're starting to ask ideas. Oh yeah, I can see it's working. So they're inquisitive. And then it gets to the point that they will start, they'll start bringing things into their diet. Um, that, that, that They'll go down that path. And I think seeing that, um, yeah, that, like just the transformation in my teammates, and it's not about them changing. They don't have to do what I do. No. It's just like if I can show them a little bit of a way to do things differently and, and help them and help their performance, help their recovery or whatever, that um, it'll work. And I think, um, yeah, obviously people go on about, you know, negative about all these types of things, but um, – I'd had I'd had niggles all through my career. Um, and up until last year when... um all oh, the start of this year, um, it'd been pretty much four years with without it without a, out missing a game for injury. So
0: So if if you look back if if you would call yourself, I don't know, say you call yourself a 10 out of 10 now, you jump out of bed feel 10 out of 10. If you look back, what did you feel then? We before you were on this diet that you, yep. that you follow now, if you're a 10 out of 10 now, if you look back, what would you have been? Oh, as a professional athlete, if I had
1: to grade it, I'd be, I'd struggle to give myself a four, I reckon. Wow. A four out of 10. So you feel that much better? Yeah, but, but I reckon just, but just everything, like the mindset and everything, I think just my mindset of being a professional athlete, yeah, that's where that's where I'll put myself. I think why, how I've spoken about being competitive and being able to stand up and stuff, my comp- competitiveness... That's what got me through. That's why. That's why I could have the big nights out, rock up the train and train my hardest. But it wasn't until now that I realised those first few days after I've had the big night out that I'm training. That all I'm doing, I'm not. I'm not training to improve. There, I'm training to wear off yep. what I've put myself through over the weekend to to get back to where. So this, I'm not. I'm not starting. I'm not improving my my skill set until Wednesday. Right. Whereas the changes I make, I can start. I can start improving. Sunday, I I, I can start straight away. Like, yeah, I'm always improving. I think that mindset. I know it's 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 not that not not everyone's cup of tea,
0: and and understand that they don't have to do it. But I I guess that's where the negativity comes because you're not getting up there and standing on a pulpit and saying this for everyone. Yeah, you're just saying quietly, "This is what I'm going to do." Yeah, but because of the position you're in, it gets you know people right about it, and that's another legend I want to talk to you about because there was a legend that came out that Sids is eating however many bananas a day. True story. Yeah, yeah so they, 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 got, they got smoothies. blown out
1: the 30 and all this other thing, but yeah, it's every, yeah, every, <laughs> good work. everyone thinks I eat them, like just, you know, peel it back, eat it, um, which if you're saying you're eating 20, I'd, I'd have over, over 20, 20 to 30 I could have in a day, right. but it's predominantly in smoothies, so yeah. I was never great with breakfast yep. in the past, all my life, I was never great, rock up, go to train and <laughs> train and then go for like have a brunch, lunch with the boys, mm. Um So that's where smoothie being a drink, it's a lot easier to have. I could have it in the car on the way in the training. So that's where the smoothies came about. You put Um, anything in it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So bananas, I'd have yeah, loads of different.
0: I'd have oh, geez, I've have loads of recipes now. But do you it's, go it's the old almond
1: milk or anything? Yes, yeah, I'm usually I'm coconut water. I oh, coconut, so coconut water. Okay. Yeah, okay. so that's okay. the
0: and so and we're talking between twenty and thirty
1: bananas. Yeah, so I'll, yeah, I'll have make a big one in the morning. Can have anywhere from five to eight bananas in it. Um, so that 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 gives the thickness because coconut yeah. water is a liquid. Yep. The um the thickness comes from bananas, but I'll have av- avocados and um, spinach, blueberries. Um, uh, dates, all types of things, that, which which are all in there for like energy and um and to help with like um uh, like cramping and all that type of things. I mean, it helps with hydration, all those types of things. That that that's why I'm having these yep. these um, big smoothies, and
0: then she, I'll have she, a couple of those throughout the day. She would have been a nightmare when the old banana price went up a couple of years ago. It went through the roof. have been costing you a fortune. Yeah, the, the old, the, the, old uh, the old bank balance got a bit of a hit. But so recovery time. Tell me. Because it does fascinate me, this yeah. stuff, mate, as much as as much as anything. Uh, recovering from a five-day test match where you've bowled 50 overs, are you feeling any different once you've changed to before you've changed? Do you recover any quicker? Do you recover any differently?
1: Yeah, I think that, that's, that's the biggest change I've is noticed it? is the recovery stage, is just the sheer fact that because what you're putting in your body, your, bo- your body has to digest. And for it to digest, it needs to work over time. So if it's working overtime, digesting what you're putting in as your fuel...
0: Makes sense.
1: It's not, re- it's not recovering yet because it's, it's trying to work... So your body's on, not regenerating. Yeah, your body, your muscles aren't regenerating, all that type of thing. That doesn't happen until it di- it's digesting the stuff that's in your system. So you steak, for example, you put a steak into your system, it takes... That, that steak's not digested for like a week or so, mm. weeks. So it takes time. So while it's getting broken down... How's your body meant to fully be recovering your muscles and all those types of things? And I think so. That was the big change um, that I noticed. Yeah, was just being able to turn over the recovery process and be able to get up and be ready to go, um, especially back-to-back tests. The hardest thing we do that um, people talk about having six and seven-day breaks. As a, as a cricketer playing Test matches, I'd love to have a six or seven-day break in between tests. That'd be that'd be like gold. Um, but yeah, we have we have we have three days. Sometimes we've had two. Um, which after playing a five-day test, sometimes mm. where you can be bowling a lot, that um, it's hard. So it was just about maximising that. Um, you're always getting older as well, so it was trying to prolong my cricket career. Um, I just want to play more cricket for Australia. I want to play more cricket in general. So to be able to do that and to be able to be healthy and steer, and try and steer clear of injury. Um, yeah, it, it's been a massive benefit for me as a professional sportsman and um, it's definitely helped me and I think the funny thing is because now I look leaner, like you said, yeah, you look leaner, you look fitter and stuff yeah. like that. Everyone goes, oh, you're too skinny, you're too light and everything. But the crux of it is its is two kilos is the difference. So two kilos in the scheme of things... You're only two kilos is, lighter. Yeah, is lighter than what I look like and people go, oh, no, you're not. I'm like, mate, I'm the one that steps on the scales. I know, I know what the difference is. Yeah. Two kilos is the difference. Um... But you're a different but person. I, I'm a different person, yeah. But everyone thinks, oh, you're too lean, you're too small. It's like, oh, well, I'm not. And it's, uh,
0: and, yeah, so that, that, that's the thing. Do cost you? Well, because there was the whole, did they actually ever say to you, you got to be bowling 140? Because that, that was another legend yeah. that uh, that uh, the bull or the team management said, right, to bowl for Australia, now you have to bowl 140 yeah, well,
1: it was spoken about. It was definitely spoken about. and. And then they sort of. I think I they give, they give me their stats and I give them um, scenarios and stuff too. And um, did, I did think, you just say Glenn McGrath? Did you just yeah? Say Glenn uh, McGrath? That's the thing. Glenn McGrath is our greatest, greatest ever fast bowler. One thirty four. And yeah, he, he very, he, he'd be lucky to hit one forty in, in much at all. And that, so that that annoyed me a bit. And um, but you, the thing was, if you you play for a little bit, you will get injured, you will come back, and you would have had a recovery time. I played for I played for nearly th- four years straight. Um, which as a fast bowler there's, there's there's no one around no one in australia has played as much cricket as i have in the last 4 years um, bowled as much as i have and and the stats are there like they've they've got the stats and over time you fatigue we don't have a pre-season like other sports no. we play all year round My word. we don't have a pre-season so in in essence i've played what in 3 years I've, it's like playing six it's like playing six football seasons in in a row like six so that's that's where it came to, and yet I I'll probably look back now and say I was a bit fatigued, and and um, and that it probably cost me a little bit. But my skill set in that time improved as well. So that's what they that, that's what they tend to forget a little bit as well. My skill set changed um, even in the series I was playing. My average actually for wickets um, was going was down, but just because I wasn't taking as many wickets, um, it was different. So the, yeah, like I copped a bit there, but. Um, I sort of look back before Mitchell Johnson had his resurgence he he um, had a big toe injury had yeah, out for about 12 months he, you look back you can, I can get the videos up of the series the last series he played in South Africa and he was bowling high 130s mm. so like that's and it, he was coming off about a four or five years where he'd played the most ridiculous cricket, amount cricket, of cricket, cricket that any cricketer had played for Australia so I sort of give him back to that evidence and then you look how he came back so I'm not going to come back and buy 150 I know that that's that's not me but I think um, yeah just to get the body right I know over the last six months that my body wasn't right I had had ankle issues which then caused the back issue so it was nice to finally find out what the problem was um, had the ankle had the surgery on there I, I, I torn a couple of tendons in the ankle had that um, fixed up and um, the back's coming along fine, and I think yeah, knowing now that I've got this time at home, it's pre-season. It's been about five years since I've done a pre-season, so fantastic. It's um, it's a good opportunity for me to yeah, you know, have that resurgent that Mitchell Mitchell Johnson had, um, get the body right, get ready for the summer of cricket, and it's a massive summer, and yeah, and then just yeah, you know, put put my name back up there, start playing some c- consistent cricket for Australia again, and um, and continue on and and just yeah, keep trying, keep trying to t- tick things off and. Hopefully, play many more games for Australia.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Peter Siddle at 22. Tell me his favourite meal. What, what would he? What would be his dream meal at 22?
1: I ate a lot of fettuccine carbonara. It was mum's, Ooh. yeah, mum's mum's sort of main dish. So I ate, I ate a lot of that as well. Yeah, a lot of bread. Um, yeah, a lot of a lot of soft drinks. What's your favourite meal now? Favourite meal now, it's <sighs> big. It's hard now. That's the thing. Like, people think there's not a lot of dishes as a, as a vegan, which, you, as you said, you you made yeah. the change, but making the change now,
0: knowing what I can eat. Yeah, like, give me one. Give me a dish that now, that you would have looked at like the fettuccine carbonara that you look at it now. Well,
1: still past. I'll say this for you. Uh, Anna makes unbelievable um, vegetable lasagna. Mm. Unbelievable. I actually had it last night. So it's, um, yeah, unbelievable. Um, we have pretty much the main dish. We entertain guests. That's what, that's what we cook up and... Uh, we had um, yeah, I had uh, plenty of friends around that have had that and
0: have enjoyed it. So that's probably it. Um, but um, oh, Mid- I'm, Middle Eastern foods my my go-to. I'm just stoked that it's um like you look unbelievable, like you even your skin and everything. It's just um, it's amazing. I've got a DVD at home that I, I rented a week ago. And I haven't had the courage to watch it yet about what we eat and and about modern farming methods. Yeah. And I haven't had the courage to eat it yet because I think wow, if I eat this. Am I going to want to stop eating this, this, and this? Yeah. I, I know that you've been um, lending your name to various charities and with um, you know, duck shooting yeah. and, and stuff like that. So it's it's fantastic that it's become now a part of your social makeup. That this change is now, you know, you've got a social conscience in regard to these issues now. I guess.
1: Yeah, it has, and I think that's that's, that's what I learned along the way. Obviously, watching videos and stuff that. I spent a lot of people think because I've lived in the city and I've, I live here now that I'm a city boy. I'm a country boy. My, my grandparents, my uncles and aunties, they lived on farms. I spent all school holidays on farms. That's where the big thing when I stand up for all these things that people, people go, oh, you city slicker, you don't know what it's like. And I'm like, hang on a minute. I grew up in the country. I grew up on farms. I've, I've, my, my, my uncle, he, he was a dairy farmer. Like, oh, I know all these things. So like I can back myself up. And I think, um, it's just the love that I had for the animals then, and not knowing what happened to them. But I just loved—I loved animals. They had calves, pigs, sheep, all those types of things. Um, so I—I I always had a love for animals, and I think it wasn't until I made the change and reading and stuff. And it's not everyone's cup of tea, like I said before. Um, but it's something that I'm very passionate about, and I do a lot of work for for charities. And it's not not for me to make money. I don't make money off any of this. This is this is me. I, I pump pump money into them, and and lend my support. And I think at the end of the day. Um, I cop criticism. Yes, I, I. I'll admit it now. I play sport with with leather leather um, yep. leather balls and stuff, which which yeah, I have to, I have to deal with that. But I started the game before I made my life do choices. you Think about that now. Yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah I do. Really? And, I, and I cop a lot of stuff, like a, a lot of um, criticism for it, which is which is fine. I'm happy with that. But from the plant based world and the and the v ve- the vegan sort of the mindset and that what what the game has given me and the changes I've made, it's given. It's given me the voice and it's given me the platform to be mm. able to address these things. And there, a lot of the things are, um, are stuff that people don't have the balls to, to address. And I You've think, got as
0: much passion talking about this as you've got. Yeah, no, nah,
1: I, d- I, I do now. And, like, I've, I've got good friends. One of my good mates is Damien Mander, Australian, worked in the Army, chewed down meat for years, lives in um, Zimbabwe, Mozambique now, um, with, with his own organization, um, anti-poaching organization, um, try, looking after the rhinos and elephants, like like that's that, that's stuff. He's a hero to me. Like I have heroes in sport, but like blokes like that, that um, you know, he gave up. He he gave up the army. He gave up all that mm. kind of thing. Gave up his life in Australia to live in Mozambique, live out in the middle of like forests and stuff. Yep. It's not the greatest life. Yeah. Um, for a cause, and I think. Um, yeah, I, I, that's one bloke I'm really passionate about, and and it's the same back here. Passionate of all animals, do a lot of charity work. is mission, which is rescued farm animals, um, the Penguin Foundation down in Phillip Island, the little penguins down there, um, Animals Australia, and I yeah I'm going to cop criticism. Yes, I play a game that uses artifacts that I'm trying to defend. Yeah, yeah. but in the same the same um, the same time. I have to handle that, and I have to cop the criticism. I'll cop it on the chin, like I've coped criticism from journo's about mm. my performances and stuff like that. I'll cop it on the chin, um, but what it gives me, it gives me the platform to be able to to stand up and and be a voice, because as we know, animals are voiceless. So it gives me it gives me the chance to to discuss those um, those uh, situations, those causes, and. Yeah, it's um, yeah, it's, it's something that I, that I that I love doing, and and I'll continue to do. Yeah,
0: one, once once I finish the game, that's for sure. And we sat down at the start, and I was sort of telling you about how much I loved about podcasts and my worlds, in five minute gaps, and you can't ever explore anything. I didn't come in today thinking this would be something we're talking about, but yeah. this is the great beauty, the great beauty it is, of the it podcast. Is. Yeah, you can you can go on and talk about things that that are relevant to the person. It's uh, the way this normally finishes, Sid. I'm going to play you something now. Yeah. Um, is uh, I have two little kids yeah, yeah. I have a uh, four year old yep. by the name of Mac who will only answer the name of the big penguin and oh, boy. a, a six year old by the name of Sky who for some reason is known as the pickle <laughs> and uh, I always uh, discuss with him in breakfast who I'm going to speak to So I'm going to speak to a bloke called Pete blah, 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 and I tell them a little bit about them and then one of them comes up with a question uh, which I record and then I play back to yep. you. So this, you got uh, the pickle today. So I got the this pickle, yeah. Uh, this is the question so coming the young your girl. way. Yeah, so she's six. Yep. This was uh, before she went to school this morning. Hey, Sids, Pickle here. It's really cool you eat healthy foods, but me and the big penguin want to know if you eat pizza.
1: <laughs> that that's is brilliant the,
0: that's the best I could come that up that is brilliant with you this morning so the Pickle and the Big Penguin want to know whether you still eat pizza
1: <laughs> to answer that Pickle and, and, and the Big Penguin I actually do, yep, do still eat pizza it's um it was one of my sort of favourites when I was a youngster. Uh, I ate a lot of it, um, as in pictures people can see. Mm. Um, but, yeah, no, I still enjoy it. Yeah, we, we, we do uh, cook a lot of pizza at home, um, make our own little pizzas. And so it's a bit different. It's not yeah, It hasn't got the dairy and stuff on it, but, yeah, um, some vegetarian um, pizzas can be quite delicious and delicious. Um, like you said, you learn a lot about the stuff you eat, and I've who, learned. Who, who I've can learned make a...
0: cheese from cashews? You can. I didn't know no, this. Two, three. That's, weeks that's exactly ago.
1: right. So yeah, so that's what we do. A lot of that at home, making cheese and um, and um, and sauces out of yeah, cashews and, and nuts and um, yeah, all, all, all types of things. That nuts cheat, I, I yeah. Mate. Loads of nuts.
0: Oh, too many nuts. We put ourselves on a nut band at yeah. home when I've yeah. eaten too many it, nuts. It's easy to eat them. So, yeah, so we still
1: have enjoyable um, pizzas. And um, and I think that's the, that's what I learned when I made the change was you learn a lot more about vegetables. I ate everything when I was a young kid, but you learn a lot more about rarer ones and, and what ones are good for you in certain things and all that type of thing. So, yeah... Um, to answer your question, I do still I still love a pizza, and I can guarantee you we have uh, pizza night at least once, maybe
0: twice a, a week um, when when I'm home for an um, extended period of time. So the pickle, I still love them. The pickle and the penguin, I'll be stoked with that. Hey, Sid, I, I think we've come to the end of this. You've been so generous with your time. Thanks for being so open. Um, we said at the start, 61 tests. If you'd played one when you are a 10-year-old in more, you'd be pumped. Oh. So, mate, may you play many more, but if you don't, you, you've... You become a legend of Australian sport. Um, best of luck with everything coming up with the tours, and it's been a, a real treat to sit down with not only talk about cricket, but about I think having the courage to to make a change and stand up for. I think it's fantastic, mate. Cheers, Howie. Thanks very much. Loved it. Good on you, mate. Thanks, mate. Thanks to Peter Siddle, what a star, as is our producer Michael James and as are you all for listening. Next Thursday, a new year and a new episode, number 20 of the series with a true great of Australian sport and I mean a true great, Ricky Ponting. Can't wait. Until then, peace and love. And we can do it if we try, try, try If we try, try, try If we try, try, try
1: Listener